who am I right now? Okay. Pointing over there, but then I'm also pointing over there. But we both look like me, you know? Oh. Like that <laughs> yeah. meme? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like the double Spider-Man meme. I always picked, I know like that, that uh, meme has no audio to it, but I always imagine, I don't know if you remember that old certs commercial where the guy would just cover his mouth and point at the other guy's mouth because he has bad breath and just go, and then the other guy would point back at him. And then they'd hand him like a giant pack of certs with Bretson. Bing. Um, I don't remember that, but I do wish there was a more realistic Spider-Man where you could barely hear what he's saying. Now, having lived <laughs> in a universe where everyone's wearing a mask over their mouth, I'm just like, I feel like I'm screaming all the time to be heard. Uh, and that everyone else is like enunciating very clearly. I just wish we had a more realistic Spider-Man movie you'll never get away with this dr octopus what's that i'm sorry i didn't hear you sorry what i said sorry uh i i said green goblin ice salad uh, uh, <laughs> you want a green goddess salad is that what you said <laughs> yeah we got that hey welcome to your inner child's an idiot the podcast where we look back on things from our childhood and see if they were any good my name's dj my name's damon but uh those aren't our real names because we oh. would never reveal our secret identity wait is my my superhero identity is a guy named Damon. <laughs> yeah, you picked Damon Xanthopoulos as your superhero name. Great job. Uh, what's my real name then? I shouldn't be asking you because uh, yeah, I already know I, it. And we're going to release this to the public. Oh, you want right. your entire family right. to be in danger? Jesus. You're absolutely right. It only makes sense that I would uh, live this life with my <laughs> superpowers. Spider-Man has superpowers? This yes. Spider-Man has superpowers. Yes. All Spider-Man, all Spider-Mans have. Yeah, but the the new Spider-Man, they don't have. By the way, we're talking about 2002's Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. It's just been so long since we've had a Spider-Man movie. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, he's, he's the quintessential Spider-Man that we all remember because there's never been a, another person who's taken on the role. They knew they couldn't top Maguire. Tobey Maguire. Anyway, say, yada yada yada. They've made too many Spider-Man movies. I just wanted to say. This one has a jizz that comes out of his wrists, but the other ones yes. have machines that shoot the jizz for them, right? Yeah, in the in the comic book and in uh, a lot of the different things, he like Peter Parker is a like also a super smart scientist guy, and so he gets as some any of these, teenager would be, right? <laughs> he gets uh, some of these spider powers, but he realizes he wants a super crazy uh, tensile strength web fluid. I don't know how even decided to do that i think but, we all agreed on the term jizz yeah it's it's uh it's i want to say maybe it's symbolic for <laughs> um going through puberty um so, so and, he got some powers and he was like yes. i appreciate the effort radioactive spider but you just didn't give me enough i'm gonna yeah. amp these up with some some jizz shooters on my wrists yeah what are the powers he does receive from the spider then um, aside from has, radiation poisoning Yes, he gets very sick, and you've seen Chernobyl, no? Oh, yeah. I assume um, his testicles have swollen to yeah. immense sizes. He has, like, super strength, and he has, like, extrasensory. It's not like he can read minds or anything, but he has, like, senses danger. He has a spider sense. Um, Just he, like most of the spiders that I have definitely not been able to kill in my house. Yeah, I don't know if that's basically because... 
they like if they're on their web, they can like sense vibrations. I don't know what that's based on. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of this is you know bullshit. Stanley Stanley and Jack Kirby were like, uh, this sounds cool. <laughs> um, What's but, the uh, animal that has most of these powers we just made up for this guy? Yeah. Um, but in this, yeah, in this movie, he he gets the power of of jizz from his wrists, and then has to learn how to use it. As so many, that's another power. Him. That we've yeah. all been through. Okay. Now, th- I want you to, I want you to like go back in time, right? Okay. So this came out in 2002. We were a little bit older. Your inner young adult was an idiot. This is the show, this mm-hmm. episode. Cause we, we were about 20, um, ar- around that age when this came out. And this was well before they had at least a handful of superhero movies. It wasn't like the first, like no, I would say X-Men X post X-Men. X-Men was the first, like, Oh, this can be done well with, well, no. Cause you know, you had Batman and you had super Superman in the seventies and then Batman in the nineties, but like, but Batman had run into the ground and X-Men yes. was the one that was like, no, I swear we can do this. Yeah. Well, and X, when X-Men came out, I, you know, I have been as a child, like, in love with reading X-Men and watching the cartoon and like the very idea, like I would read like these articles in wizard magazine about who they would cast as their dream X-Men, like in the, in the nineties, like well before they actually did the movie. I think actually Patrick Stewart was the, the only choice that anybody could ever come up with. Right. Cause it's impossible to make a man bald who isn't already bald. <laughs> yeah. It was a very obvious choice. And I think, you know, he did a good job, but so Spider-Man was like after that, and I think this is after even X2, because I think that was, was that 2001? No, X-Men was 2000. Yeah, X-Men, I think, was 1999 or 2000. Yeah. It might be uh, almost simultaneous with X2, if, if, we're still, if only there was a way. We're still pre-MCU, so there's, a, there's not a Spider-Man movie every year. There's only, you know, some cartoons and then that bad, like, 70s movie, or was that a show? I, I think remember. it was a show. Um, this is, by the way, pre-X2. Okay. Just by and, a uh, year. Yeah, so I think we got to give, you know, I think we're going to be harsher on this movie now than we were when it came out because the, of everything that came after it. But it has to get a little bit of credit for, you know, when it came out. But I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a wake-up call because I love this movie and I thought it was great. And I was like... Yeah, Tobey Maguire was great. You can't even... Could you even imagine another Peter Parker? Like, it's really... It's Tobey Maguire. Could you even imagine two or three more? Yeah. (laughs) What an idiot. (laughs) I think... uh, I remember going to see this in the theater, and uh, at this point, as you said, we were a young... uh, Our young adult was an idiot. Our inner young adult was an idiot. So I had a gaggle of gays. Oh, good. And we all went to see it, mostly because we knew we were snapping. Because we were also... City gang, um, and we went to see it because we knew that Toby was gonna be jacked and blouseless, which is also a tradition that is carried on into the Marvel universe. There's always like some yeah. like ham fisted way we gotta get the shirt off this man because we paid for all the physical trainers to do this to him. True, I mean, that's that's uh, action hero 101, though. I mean, I that ca- that's carryover. Well, that's true, but I mean, I think there was a period that, yes, we had the Arnold Schwarzeneggers and the Stallones, but we also just watched Die Hard, which I think was yeah. the beginning of a, what if a schlubby guy did it? Um, 
Who and still then, managed to get his shirt off by the end of that movie. True, but it wasn't it, it wasn't like a giant rippling mass of veins and, <laughs> and true. muscles. And now I think we're back. I think once we got into the 2000s, we had very lean guys, and now we're starting to get back into the jacked guys again. Get your huge act men. I love Hugh Jackman because his name sounds like it should be dirty, but when you try and do the math, it never adds up. You're like, oh, this huge Ackman? <laughs> huge Jackman. Jack man. Huge Jackman. Kirsten Dunst. Uh, yeah. Come, you know, like in her best work since Drop Dead Gorgeous. True, which was like, what, five minutes before this came out? Yeah. <laughs> Drop Dead Gorgeous, another movie I'd love, I'd love to watch. James Franco. Before we before we were all exhausted by him, yeah, true. Well, <laughs> we'll see. Um, In a crazy turn, Willem Dafoe. I do remember even at the time being a little confused by Willem Dafoe's outfit in this. Yeah, so they because we they had gotten into the point, made some choices <laughs> <laughs> because we had gotten to the point. I think where I think X Men was maybe. Maybe this is why it sort of clarifies why we're in this stage of superhero movies where it was like, you know, we don't have to put people in these ridiculous outfits. We don't right. have to like match one to one on what every person wore. We don't have to like put Wolverine in a ludicrous Wolverine costume. And Sam Raimi was like, I'm going to dress him like a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers villain and there's nothing you can do to stop me. <laughs> And I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure Willem Dafoe knows what movie he's in. And <laughs> definitely it's not gonna be different than what the rest of the cast thinks. <laughs> because so in the comics, Green Goblin's face just looks like that. His literal face, yes? Is it a mask? No, I think it's a mask. But I, it's uh, it's like a life mask. It's not yeah, like a right, kabuki right. mask like, right, right. like he has in this. Yeah, correct. Ostensibly for armor? I want to say, uh, the you know the history of the Green Goblin in the in the comic books, and then also laid on me the second Green Goblin, and then also the Hobgoblin, which so are many all, so many Goblin based. Yeah, it gets uh, real enemies. confusing. Which is also interesting because Goblin is not really a set in stone archetype of of Western civilization. So it's just like, why are you guys all keeping calling yourselves Goblins? Shouldn't there be a demon or something, or a devil, or? Or a Dybbuk or a Golem? Anyone? Nothing? You're mm -hmm. all going with Goblin. Those are all terrible super <laughs> super villain names. I think you know it. I think yeah, I, would do love, I, I would love a Dybbuk as a, 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 a Dybbuk super with, villain. A Dybbuk with uh, pyrotechnic pumpkins? Get real, Damon. Grow up. <laughs> Grow up. Um, I, I want to... Just one thing that I remember very distinctly the very first time I watched this movie, and I still think about it, is there's this scene... It's actually kind of eerie. It's one of the first times I noticed, like, in the theater. So they're in this, like, I can't remember what's going on. There's, like, a parade or they're outside or something. Yeah, there and, is, like, a and, parade. Yeah, scene. and Green, Go Green Goblin attacks. But you see him coming in from far away on his glider. And it's actually kind of eerie because it's, it's like a handheld camera kind of shot. And it's like, oh, that's, like, what this sort of situation might be like if this were real, which is obviously what movies are trying to do. But, like... It's the first time where it was like, oh, that kind of looks like that might look. You know what I mean? Right. If a hobgoblin came from the sky and started <laughs> right. attacking Macy Gray in a parade. Right. That's right. That's it's right. important to remember that Macy Gray is in that parade. You want to make sure you know exactly what year it was. <laughs> <laughs>
Macy Gray's great. Keep it up. Doing a great job. Um, but I assume he comes out, he comes down and he attacks and he like throws pumpkin bombs and like blows up, starts blowing up buildings and things. And a cop turns on his radio and goes like, I got a code three here. And I was like, code three <laughs> is a big costumed goblin throwing pumpkin bombs at the Macy's day parade. Uh, Code one is petty theft. Uh, yes. Code two is battery. Yeah. And code three is an armored supervillain flying on it's, a yeah. holodeck. Thing. I mean, it's more general than that. It's any supervillainry attacking the Macy's. You don't want to get too granular. That's when yeah. that's when you get into the code. You know, seven through nine. <laughs> um, I just realized this is this is a Thanksgiving movie. Should we have saved it? Is it a Thanksgiving parade? I don't know if that's true. Well, I know they have Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Could be Memorial Day. Could be Veterans Day. But they have Thanksgiving at at, uh, Peter's apartment. Oh, I've really screwed the pooch now. That's when uh, Norman finds out that Peter is Spider-Man because he's bleeding from their battle. Does Norman react normally? Yes. And (laughs) doesn't make a super weird face or anything at all. Uh, Willem Dafoe with his normal human face. Just a normal human actor. I don't know what the problem is. Probably comes for theater or something. <laughs> um, did, so you loved this as a kid, I, or yes. a, a ute. Um, I equally loved it. I don't know if I could say equally. I remember liking it. I think it was one of those movies that, you know, you always thought that they would never be able to make a Spider-Man movie. And I think yeah. CGI made it possible that we could have a man literally swinging from the rooftops of New York. Yeah, this was all like this, the way this is panned out. And I think this is true of a lot of people, the way this is developed, where as we become adults, like they started getting superhero movies and making them good, um, or at least, you know, entertaining. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then some of them are great. Some of them are still not good, but whatever. They like start really bringing these things to life in a way that is not just always super hokey, you know, or rarely achievable, like with the early Batman movies or, you know, Superman. Then it like has become and I still love a Marvel movie. I love some of the DC movies like but it's become a little bit like having ice cream for dinner. This is all I ever wanted. Oh god, it's too much. <laughs> <laughs> and I think some of my teeth are rotting out. Yeah. And also like you sort of recognize that like because you know we're older now, we're you know we're in our late thirties, and so I think the the rate at which they've rebooted Spider Man is ridiculous. But also, it's not as ridiculous as it seems to us, just because we grew up in that exact span of time where we saw the first one when we were adults, we saw the first you know the, those two sequels to the Tobey Maguire movies, then we saw them reboot it <laughs> right. for two movies, and then we saw a third reboot and there's already been two movies of that and there's going to be a third. And then he's also in, you know, Tom Holland's better has been in the, right. in the Iron Man movies and it's just earned the uh, Avengers movies. And it's like, okay. <laughs> but it's on one hand, if it's good, it's good. And I'm, I'm like excited to see it. So I kind of don't, I don't mind as long as they still try to make it entertaining and not just like the uh, Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies were, I don't know. The first one was okay, but it was think like, I it, saw, either of them they were they were the complete you know the first one was a very similar story to this one to the 2002 like his kind of origin story and it was like 
just tell any story. There was there's like literally thousands of Spider-Man stories. Even if you don't want to write a new one, just pick one. Right. <laughs> I, I yeah, it's well that that one also I think I got turned off just by the trailer because it was like what if we took this story about a teenager growing up and maybe he's got this uh, Spider-Man power that's a metaphor for puberty. But what if we made it less relatable and there's all these conspiracy theories about his father and there's all these secrets and he has to uncover a mystery. And I'm like, I, this seems already too Also, involved. this this huge nerd is the best looking kid in the school. <laughs> that's <laughs> always something I'm going to have to bite down on on all these movies. <laughs> I will say uh, our technology at hiring an actor who actually looks like a teenager is getting better it's as you getting watch better. Toby Maguire, then Andrew Garfield, now Tom Holland. I'm like, we're getting closer. We're getting closer. <laughs> Although to- Toby Maguire just looks kind of boyish, but he never looked like a teenager. Right. Like he just went he's... from boy to, is that an old boy? Can a boy <laughs> be old? When I think it's what, what makes Spider-Man as a character interesting is like, he's just a kid that gets these like crazy powers, you know, mm-hmm. and he's like, he's screwing up and making, you know, these terrible mistakes and stuff as he's going. I don't know. It's, it's almost like, I want to say it's, it's like, um, almost like they did it on purpose as mm-hmm. a metaphor for growing up. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I, you know, if we hadn't mentioned it already twice before, I, I would yeah. say it's, it's crazy interesting how you picked <laughs> up on that. Well, so let's watch this motherfucker already. Yeah. All right. We're going to watch Spiderman from 2002. Please don't watch any of the others. Just watch this one for now. Just watch this one for now, okay? Or have the other two running at the same time and then decide which ones you want to go with. You know, um, in this day and age, um, we need heroes like Mm Spider-Man. We also need lesser heroes. Like Like podcasters? Like pot, well, I mean, don't call me a hero. I'm not a hero. But if I call you a hero and then you return the favor, I we mean, gotta, you scratch my back type deal. I'm not saying we're heroes. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying we're not heroes. Good I'm sense. not a hero, but you're not not a hero. But you Thank know who you. the real heroes are? The people that support us, our patrons. If you want to be a hero like them, a super hero. Sorry, that was that's even dumber. That sounds like they're like supporting um, cancer research. It's a podcast. Look, if you like what we're doing, <laughs> you can support the show. Patreon.com slash your inner child's an idiot. And we'll think you're heroes. Better than nurses. You know what I mean? Yeah. Better than the re- fucking nurses. What is essential? What does it mean to be essential? Is it essential? to uh, record a podcast about movies that you used to like when you were a kid. I think, yeah, maybe it is. Right, that's the first tier, and then like the second tier is nurses. And we are back... We watched Spider-Man 2002, starring the music of Danny Elfman. That is true. And also starring the music of uh, Monster Magnet and Nickelback in a oh. duet. The, uh, also starring J.K. Simmons, let's be honest. Okay, listen. Young Peter Parker, he's a nerd. 
pines uh-huh. he pines for his uh, next door neighbor Mary Jane Watson lives with his his parents are dead he lives with his aunt and uncle aunt May uncle Ben he uh, gets bitten by a radio- radioactive spider you all probably know this story mm-hmm. gets superpowers from it like you do not radiation poison but superpowers or just a bad flesh wound <laughs> yeah. And he uh, realizes that through uh, losing his Uncle Ben, that with this great power comes great responsibility. And he decides mm-hmm. to uh, dedicate his life to protecting the city that he lives. Knowing even even with that, that he may have to give up uh, his love for Mary Jane Watson. He ends up battling new supervillain, Green Goblin, uh, who's Norman Osborn, his best friend's dad. Eventually, he saves the day. <laughs> Green Goblin. I love when you have to mute because you're laughing at my descriptions. So you hard. sound like you're about to cry. His best and friend's um, his, his best friend's dad. Best friend's dad. Uh, so you can and, imagine uh, the tension that that causes. He saves the day. Norman Osborn, the Greek Goblin, dies in the process. And uh, Peter Parker shuns his love for Mary Jane, realizes it's important that he stays celibate to save, uh, to protect the people he loves the most. So it's because he loves her so much that he has to move on. And uh, he then he like swings around the American now, flag on the top of the uh, Empire State Building because it was, now this far was right from, after far <laughs> September from, 11th. <laughs> <laughs> Far be it from me to criticize your recap, but you left out the part where you know you find out that his parents died under mysterious circumstances, and then Gwen Stacy's there. You left out those parts. That uh, that comes later. Oh, okay. Uh, what about Jamie Fox getting electric powers? You didn't you didn't cover that in this recap. That is in a parallel timeline where uh, Andrew Garfield is Tobey Maguire. Okay, in but you also, you also left out where he dates the Vulture's daughter. You left that out. Now, that's confusing because uh, Michael Keaton was in Cider House Rules, <laughs> and, and he, the story of Rounders is actually based on Emma Stone. Okay. Okay. Now, I, no, I've pieced it together yeah. now. So Cider, Spider-Man, you know, when he leaves Mary Jane, goes to Cider House Rules, helps Michael Caine do abortions, uh, <laughs> then runs into, when, uh, after that, he runs into um, Benicio Del Toro and Johnny Depp in the desert. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's when he's got a comb over. Right. Uh, right. And uh, anybody that's still with us after that thread, we got, I didn't realize how many people were in this. Even, even though I've seen this movie a million times, it's been a long while. Obviously, we got the heavy hitters of Tobey Maguire, James Franco, and Kirsten Dunst. But we also have J.K. Simmons firing all cylinders <laughs> as J. Jonah Jameson. Mm-hmm. And we got music by Danny Elfman. Yeah. Which I kind of forgot about. Um, we, we got have Elizabeth some... Banks in there. Elizabeth Banks plays Betty Brant. You got Octavia Spencer. In Octavia there? Spencer plays the. Uh, I don't know what what you'd call her job position. The wrestling uh, waiver waiver sign. <laughs> yeah, she works for the World uh, Wrestling Entertainment Federation. You have Macho Man Randy Savage. Mm-hmm. You've got Macy Gray. You've got a singular sign. You've got homophobia. You've got all my favorite uh, stars. Lucy Lawless as a, with a cameo as goth chick. I think he's hot. Was that Lucy Lawless? It was. Wait, she looked like a teenager. Well, Why would a... Lucy Lawless be here? Does she, she know someone? Yeah. She, she knows Sam Raimi or something? She knows someone, or Sam Raimi worked on Xena or something. Like, I don't remember. I, I did read it, but I didn't retain it. <laughs> <laughs> there was some some reason that she made a quick cameo in there, but uh, I didn't even notice until Lauren was like, "Was that fucking Xena?" 
It was. I, first off, I want to say, I don't feel like the real world has enough sexy jewel thieves. I feel like that's something that this movie had dared to say. Let's get more sexy jewel thieves. It's a brief, in the brief montage of Spider-Man becoming a crime stopper, we see yeah. he's got two jewel thieves trapped in a, the stereotypical web. And one, they're both very fit. One is a blonde woman just wearing a ski cap and like a bare midriff shirt. The other guy is like a stacked buff guy. And I'm just like, I just miss jewel thievery. Where's Thomas Crown when you could use him? I wish I would have done more research on this, but I feel like they took a lot of uh, still shots from comics and like recreated them for this movie. Like obviously like Spider-Man's posing and all this kind of stuff they did. But like, I think they took a lot of, you know, page, page 17 and issue 62 of the amazing Spider-Man. You know what I mean? They, I feel like they they either paid homage to them or directly created those. And I wonder if that was one of those where that was like, where, where the, the two jewel thieves were stuck in the, the web. Yeah. This is one of my larger things that I couldn't tell what how I felt about it, but I felt there were several moments when I kept getting distracted by some of the choices that were made. The first time I noticed it was before he's become Spider-Man. Post-bite, pre-crime fighting vigilante. It's a short period, but an important period. It's important to note. He finds out that MJ is impressed by cool cars. And who isn't? Yeah. He starts looking up you know, what cool cars he could buy to win over this woman's heart and mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he he sees the amateur wrestling thing that starts him off, you know, developing his Spider-Man persona. And uh, there's a overlaid shot of Kirsten Dunst's Mary Jane Watson, MJ, to those at home. And then a car is superimposed over her superimposition <laughs> that drives by, to which I said out loud, I get it. <laughs> But it reminded me a little bit, I couldn't tell if that was just like a some dated thing that they were doing, if they were just trying to be really corny about it, or if they were trying to like evoke comic books in that way, like yeah. really just driving it home. It's not as bad as Hulk. Do you remember Ang Lee's Hulk? Did you ever see that one? Yes. Yeah. Where it's literal panels flying, flying right. all over the right. screen every 30 seconds. But they also use it so intermittently that I kept being startled by it throughout the movie um, when it does show up. There are a few times when when someone is superimposed over the action, and I'm like, what is this choice? Well, they also they also have like a something we just saw in Dirty Dancing of all movies, uh, which is <laughs> the extremely intermittent narration. <laughs> and it's the mo it's the worst of the worst narration, which is Oh me, you wanna know my story? If anyone tells you it's not unusual, they're wrong, or whatever the hell he said. Yeah. It was stupid. It was stupid, but it was also, I feel like, in very much in the spirit of the comics. Like, if you, you know, like, the, it was almost weirder. I mean, it was dumb, so I'm glad it didn't, but it almost was weirder that they. it was just at the very beginning and the end. Mm-hmm. And I was, trying, I was gonna, to... trying to think if it was at any other point, and I think it's just the beginning and the end. I mean, it's pretty common in Spider-Man to see, like, you know, a box with his thoughts, like, mm-hmm. uh, in addition to, like you know, dialogue. And I like uh, to do a, like a cloud shape and then you'll have like two, a few, like maybe two or three is the convention oh, of little okay. circular things. And that tells the reader, this isn't being said out loud. This is almost I, like a, a Shakespearean aside to the audience. To I call it like a, a, a thinky sphere. <laughs> That's what it's they call oval, it. But sure. I'll tell you one thing. And uh, I think this is clear from watching it. Willem Dafoe as Norman Osborn 
who eventually becomes the Green Goblin, is definitely a human being and acting like a human being. And that's what talks, I like most about it is its yeah. relatability. He talks a lot like a human being would to another human being. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm something of a scientist myself. Uh, Just a common conversation between two people. He definitely doesn't seem like a skull that just has human skin sort of tightly wrapped around it like saran wrap. That's what I like about his performance, is that I don't find it weird. I didn't write down that he went to the Rita Repulsa school of neck acting. (laughs) Uh, Whenever he's in the Green Goblin suit, and I'm sure this was a choice because you can... Uh, can't really see his face, but he moves his head to like punctuate every every uh, syllable he's he's saying, which yeah. I appreciate, so that I know that he's actually talking. It's a very uh, yeah Power Rangers uh, vibe. Did you see the um, screen test of the original Green Goblin? That's out there. It's out there on YouTube on the uh, and on. Oh the, no! Uh, what does that look like? <laughs> I'm terrified to ask. Was he more like the comic? Because in the comic yes. book, he's like purple and green, right? He wears a purple yeah, suit, but he has green skin. Look at it. Wait, what am I looking at? Are you sending it to me? Did you mail yeah, it to I t- me? I texted it to you, to oh, your text machine. Me, yeah. I didn't have my messages open because I'm in the uh, thing. Listener, this may surprise you, but we are not even in the same room. Technology! Oh, my. Yeah. But would this be a suit? Well, I mean, um, how would this plot-wise work? Well, I mean, in the comics, it is just, I mean, it's a mask. Right, but it's like, a yeah, it's a Scooby-Doo suit. It's not right. like a right, right, right. an armored thing. Oof. I it is. I, it, I think they were worried about it being too scary, because it is definitely creepier, and they want this to be uh, a more... It made me believe in God, and then destroyed that belief yet again. <laughs> like that was the only way it could get any worse. It you looks who, good. I mean, it looks, it does. It looks like a thing. <laughs> I think it was a mistake... Aesthetically, but I also kind of understand what they were going for. They were going for towing that line of like, I hate to say realism when you're talking about a, you know, a movie, a movie about, about a child who's been bitten by a spider. Who fights <laughs> yeah. A, a military industrial complex. Exactly. But they were like, this is too scary. Well, what, what's another option? And they're like, it's like a helmet. And they're like, yes. <laughs> it's like um, a stupid ski helmet. Yes. You got it. Let's do that. I did appreciate when he, um, when we find out the side effects, do you remember the side effects to the uh, the serum or whatever the fuck they're they're, they're mania? Doing? No, no, no. It? It's even worse. It's like the side effects a child would write down: violence, aggression, and insanity. Just general insanity. <laughs> Just general insanity. You want to be specific when you're diagnosing. Nah. Just insanity. What you mean, like mild depression? No, 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 no. I mean anything really, anything. What is? What is he a doctor? What what did you expect him to say? <laughs> um, we had to lobotomize that guy. You know who else has a a really weird delivery is their teacher. He just woke up from a coma, so so tread lightly. Be be nice to that man. You mean their teacher that is also their same age? Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> is also exactly Come thirty on. years old. You were talking through that whole presentation, and then he's like, "I kid you not." I remember. That that like stuck with me when I saw it as a kid too. Like, I think he won a contest. Is is my take? Yeah. Do like I said, as a kid. Now twenty counts as kid because the older I get, that's not the more that. kid like you were. <laughs> I, w- I want to keep talking about the Green Goblin because I don't, uh, I don't, I don't. I have trouble with this character because he looks ridiculous. He also talks ridiculous. At one point, he does say, "We'll meet again, Spider Man," which. 
I can't tell if I hate or love. I might both. He goes full Smeagol at some point, and he's talking to himself in the mirror. He does have a, two a Smeagol moment. That counts as insanity, right? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not saying that he didn't go insane. I'm just saying that a scientist <laughs> explaining the, the side effects of a potion wouldn't just say, you know, insanity. Insanity. Uh, he also has a bomb. Now, this is Tyler's favorite moment. He had like the Mars attacks bomb, which was he threw it and it killed people and it disintegrated them instantly. So you saw their skeletons and then their yeah. skeletons disintegrated. Yeah. Which, uh, which had conf- a very limited range because Kirsten Dunst was fine and James she Franco was fine. Was fine. <laughs> and also, like, why is he attacking his son's? I guess the idea is that he has this now with this new creature in his brain's. In his brain parts. No, they were the board members. He, he yeah, but his son part. was on that balcony too. Yeah, but he didn't kill him. Yeah, but he didn't know. He was literally severing a balcony from a building above oh, Times he knew. Square. He knew Spider-Man. He knew exactly what he was Spider-Man. doing. Uh, he didn't know Spider-Man yet. He knew. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. You make a great point. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I, I think I also had trouble like understanding what his, once he killed the executives, which was at the halfway mark, it just didn't seem like I understood what this villain really wanted. He was well, trying to protect his company at first. And then after that yeah. was just like, I want to kill Spider-Man. But then he asked Spider-Man to join him actually to just generally terrorize the populace of New York city. Is that, was that the plan? Yeah, he just kind of got the motivations got more into like I'm just super into arch villainy, you know. Like, <laughs> like I started I started dabbling with uh, some corporate corporate espionage and sabotage, and then I just kind of got into it. And then uh, you know I hopped on a boat. I was down in the Caribbean before you knew it, you know. Like I just I, now I'm living that I'm living that yachty life, you know. I uh, you know I got into bullet journaling this year, and I you know I just feel like if you're if you're a shark like I am, you always got to be moving forward. And once I killed all the executives, it's like, what is my next goal? I got to reach that next goal. And I looked at my Bujo, and the next one was just like general harassment of, of people. You got to follow the spirit where it takes you. And it took him to uh, throwing bombs at the, uh, not Macy's Day Parade, but something you're thinking world's macy's unity gray, macy's gray day macy's gray day parade <laughs> also that i mean i know we're skipping forward but that it it confirmed the police officer when the uh man in a goblin costume shows up shows his face in public for the first time and throws bombs at the uh uh bystanders the cop immediately says code three <laughs> this is my favorite it confirms One of the first few codes they they set up was They're like the okay. goblin costume. All right, what's uh, one is probably uh, I don't know guns. Somebody's got a gun. Uh, what's two? Two is a uh, fire. Yeah, that's um, a good code too. I like that. Let's see. I mean, that's basically it. I can't think of it. And I can't then the think guy of in the back's like, fall outside of those. What two? if someone in a goblin costume <laughs> throws pumpkin bombs? What the fuck does pumpkin bombs have to do with a goblin? <laughs> It's fine. We don't have. I mean, I don't have anything else. Let's put that on as three. And then they're like, four is like I don't know a flood. Oh, that should have been three, but we already wrote it down. I, I already did it in pen, and I'm not going back. I can't. It's in my bujo. I can't go back. Five is a lost dog. Uh, <laughs> Cat in a tree. Damn it! I'm coming up with all these that should have been three. Also, I want to say about the World Unity Festival. First off, 
just general. Those are just words. It's like they just use the assume text in their in their iPhone and just created a <laughs> festival around it. But Moral also, unity. don't what? don't set it at Times Square, a place where even people are marginally familiar with what it looks like. <laughs> and there's certainly not a giant building with a giant stone balcony overlooking Times Square. <laughs> Like, Tyler's like, is that Times Square? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, that building doesn't exist. And I'm like, correct. Look, you guys are such city folk, okay? <laughs> like, not all of us not all of us know the ins and outs of, of New York, especially somewhere that only city folk go, like Times Square. <laughs> Most, 98% of the population in New York City all live in Times Square. They live, that's I'm, why. I have dated three men who used to live in the M&M store. <laughs> That's why we had to break up. <laughs> you Couldn't take just the cows. smell. The weird thing is you smell like the candy shell. That's the you weird thing. You don't even smell like chocolate. <laughs> I'll tell you this. It melts in your hand, too. <laughs> <laughs> I remember as a kid, uh, I know you dirty joke, but I, I remember as a kid being annoyed <laughs> that the candy did melt in my hand. It absolutely like, melts in your you. hand. Fuck you. Don't make it your slogan, then. You can't just say that. That's a that's a very specifically <laughs> testable. It doesn't even take special equipment. It's you literally need I, a it's hand. In my hand. You gave me a hand. Advil candy shells are more robust. This is absurd. Fucking M and M's. You'll never Fuck get far you. in this world. Fuck you, M and M's. I skipped way ahead. We we're all over the place. I want to talk about yeah. James Franco real quick. First off, please. I mean, I know this is a fantastical story about spiders and a goblin man, um, but one of the things that I think you really need in a movie like this is like having relatable content. And one of the things I really related to, and I think you and I can both agree that. If if you've gone to an American high school, a public high school, everyone knows the richest kid is the least popular kid there, <laughs> or second least popular. Everyone knows that everyone hates him because he's rich. Everyone hates him because he's got a big house where parties could be held. They hate that, yeah. especially when they have beautiful cheekbones and creamy skin like young James Franco. I mean, rich guys finish last. I think that's a that's a common trope for a reason. That's and what that's, they say. That's the best defensive about capitalism is that they, they always are failing. So, yeah, you know, right. that the system works because everyone, you know, all the poor people, you know, in the next generation, they're the, the rich people. And the, the rich invisible people hand. The previous, uh, they, the previous generation, they just all tumble down to the poor people. It's a great cycle. It's the Adam Smith shit, right? You know, that's just how it works. Do we need to talk? Uh, I feel like we have to address that James Franco has been credibly accused of forcing. Oh, yeah, he's a creep. Him the creepazoid hitting on girls on Instagram that are like yeah. uh, obviously underage. Um, yeah, I just like, feel like uh, like I don't want to like dwell on it, but I also feel like no one gets a free pass on this show. Uh, but I do still want to talk about how beautiful James Franco is. Uh, they did pull one of my favorite <laughs> tricks. They pulled um, after the World Unity Festival. He, he there's a shot of him on the phone with it's not important, and he has bandages <laughs> on his head. They they're on his hair. <laughs> <laughs> the bandages are on his hairline and it's like it's like someone's like don't you cover that face with bandages i swear to god i will fucking walk out of spider-man you just put it in his hair where band-aids go you know where you'd put a band-aid and literally he was on a balcony that was coming off of a high rise yeah just a i mean a it's not a it's not a, a small band band-aid but it is literally a band-aid Mm. 
on his, like one of the big ones, one of the okay. big ones that you might use, like if you cut your top of your hand, right, cut one of those yeah. parts of your body that you'll never cut. It's always going to be one of those small dinky places that band-aids can't stick to because you're constantly sweating out of your hands. God damn it. Cause you're melting <laughs> M&Ms in them. Um, it's one, it's one of the band-aids is in like the back. You got to shuffle through the whole thing to get to it. And you're like, Oh no. And you just want one of those circular ones, but they don't really make those anymore. Oh, they don't. No, you have to buy a pack of those and they're not made as well as they used to be. Don't get me started about it. I bought a whole pack the other, a few months ago and they're pointless. They're garbage. Are you you sure you're not thinking of wart removers? (laughs) (laughs) Look, I'm covered in warts. I made a deal with a witch. (laughs) I want to talk about being introduced to our characters sort of at the beginning, zeroing back a little bit. Uh, I think they do a, a pretty good job of making Mary Jane charming. Upon first, so one of the things that is really interesting about Mary Jane Watson as a character in the comic books is she is really independent and fiery, and like she doesn't take no guff, and okay. and yet she is also a love interest in a superhero costume or in a superhero comic. So she, of course she's always getting in trouble and having to be saved and stuff. But and that's common. But I, they, they do a pretty good job at the very beginning of showing that she's kind of funny. You know, she's, like, posing for the photos. You could see why, like, he likes her, you know? When she's posing for the photos of the spider thing and goofing no, around a little bit. I remember the part you're talking about. That's not what my face is saying. What is your face saying? I do not think she's charming almost at all. What about, I'm, uh, well, okay, let me finish my thought and then you can uh, say whatever yeah, you're going to say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then you can completely undercut everything. But it, it only lasts for a little while before she becomes more of just like a more classic love interest. You know what I mean? And, and then she's dating Harry and then she's ashamed, but she's a a little bit more sad sack, I think. But at the very beginning I was excited to, I thought it was cool that they kind of made her, you like, I don't know. It's a school girl or a school boy crush that he has on her. And he's like known her since uh, he was a little kid. So it kind of makes sense. Next door. Yeah, she lives next door. She's very pretty. And then she was kind of like goofy and nice to him when no one else besides Harry is nice to him. He's a nerd. Is she nice to him? She. We don't see that she's nice to him until I think until he's taking out the trash. I mean, he catches her in the cafeteria before that. But the only time they really have a full conversation is when he's taking out the trash and he's already apologizing for beating the shit out of her boyfriend. I don't think that that she's like into him or notices him but she right. is not mean to him i think it just shows that she's a nice I would say person yes but i do but it doesn't feel like everyone else is mean to him it's just a joe magniello or how are you talking about he he goes he gets forced gumped he gets forced gumped on the bus no one will let him oh, sit i thought with that him. was by the the blonde guy who was best friends with flash no it was everybody oh they were all scooting over they were all he got yeah. he got forced gumped by the whole bus can't see it here he's a nerd he is the nerd. I'm not denying he's he's a nerd, and I'm not denying he's despised by all his classmates. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't think that she's that interesting. She does have a few moments in the that first scene with the spiders. Yeah, um, where she says they're disgusting. That's really all James I'm talking Franco, about. <laughs> um, and James Franco says, "Oh yeah, I hate them too." And she's like, "No, I love them." And then that's that's about the end of her charm. And then from then on, she's literally just a silent girl. Yeah. Being held in place by Joe Magnello. Magic Mandiello. Mike. I'm going to call Mandiello. him Magic Mike going forward. That's good. Or Mr. Sofia Vergara. It's also a contrast between uh, being introduced to Harry in that same scene. And he's, I think, 
just kind of off-putting because Franco is kind of an off-putting actor and that's how he plays the character. And he's like, even though he's supposed to be whiny rich kid, he's supposed to be like Peter's buddy, but he's also like, I don't know, just weird. I've I've thought that in almost every role that Franco has ever played though. So I think that's just like how it's hard to not with, with, with our post Franco knowledge now. And I don't mean that just even the sexual harassment, but his weird career, uh, that is, I think purposefully weird. (laughs) Yeah. It's hard not to then like look back at this very early uh, Franco role and think about it. I don't think I, I w- was. I thought he was fine. I just never bought that these two would ever be friends. And the movie yeah, made no that. attempt to sort of explain why this absolutely gorgeous rich kid uh, would be hanging out with Tobey Maguire. I will. I want to push back on the fact that I think I would not have deigned to predict the path of his career by any mm-hmm. means or the kind of roles that he would be into but like i always thought it was weird okay. his acting in this i you know i thought both both osborns are like you've seen people before you've interacted with <laughs> Do human beings. i'm not saying toby mcguire or even kirsten dunce are like knocking every scene out of the park, but they, they do generally mostly act like human beings mm-hmm. in in contrast to harry who's like hey pete like yeah yeah hi well, I mean, I, maybe Sam Raimi was a, had seen James Franco smile, and so he was like, you know what? You're going to be sort of a sad sack, <laughs> so never smile. Was he he a turns weird into smile? like a leather handbag when he smiles. Oh, like, he's, got he the, that, uh, he's got that Luke Perry thing where the whole Luke thing Perry, just yeah. sort of collapses on itself. <laughs> so yeah, Kirsten Dunst, I thought, I, I was also surprised that this movie, I mean, I'm going to come back to Kirsten Dunst in a minute, but this movie jumps around, doesn't jump around in time, but it covers a wide expanse of time. Yeah. You're in high school in the first scene, and at one point uh, near the end of the movie, Aunt May references the fact that Toby is, stu- is doing his college homework. Yeah. And there's no, I mean, we see him graduate from high school, but we don't see yeah. any, like, college life schooling yeah so it, it's a little jarring is he like, actually going to school or pretending because i i don't know i don't know if i ever well the movie made no attempt to tell us that he was pretending so i assumed he was going to school right yeah we just we don't get any glimpse of that it, and it, i'm not sure if it's like over the course of just that year of transition or if it's supposed to be a couple of years i don't i think it's maybe just like from age 18 to maybe 20 Right. Well, I assumed I I didn't even think it was that long. I assumed it was just like into, you know, his first, first semester year. of college. Right. But it was just still uh I don't know, the fact that they just brought it up. I was like, I I don't need to movie. This isn't what your story is. <laughs> I also was surprised I I forgot that she that Mary Jane starts dating James Franco's character, um yeah. Harry as well, which seemed like a lot to like f- for these side characters to sort of take on. And I guess I remember I remember that in the second one, there's there's also drama between like Mary Jane and she's dating some other guy and all this stuff. Yeah, I don't know. It just seemed like unnecessary drama that doesn't even really come up. It it doesn't seem to bother Tobey Maguire all that much that his best. I mean, it bothers him a little bit, but it doesn't create any real tension between the two, at least visibly, that he's dating his the girl he's had a crush on his whole life. That's pretty fucked up. I mean, it, yeah, not I, that- I would be like, oh, I'd be so fucking mad. <laughs> I mean, it's not like there's, you know, there's no ownership there, but like you didn't even talk to him about it, you right, know? you just started dating her in secret? Yeah. That's a very uh, rich kid thing to do, though, you know? Totally. Give it to me. I want it. Well, we've been dancing around it. Should we talk about Tobes? Yeah. Toby. What's up, Tobes? <laughs> He's Here's not, what I... Oh, I, 
I know I told you that he would be coming, but actually he's busy filming The Great Gatsby, too, Toby. so he can't make it. Come on in, old sport. Come oh, you in. got him. He told me yeah. it was The Great Gatsby, too. He must not have realized. I, this is the same podcast, you asshole. Oh, he's walking out now. Okay. Oh, now he's I mad. Really, now he's really mad. I really my luck. Well, don't, don't, don't stand me up just to go down. Now he's at your house. This is crazy. <laughs> How are you moving so fast, Toby? To apologize. I appreciate it, Toby, but no, we, we're just going to move forward. We're just going to move. No, yeah. No, I've never confused him for Jake Gyllenhaal. That's not true. That is slander. <laughs> Maybe at the very beginning of both of your careers. Maybe. I may have said that I thought you were in City Slickers as the sun, but I realized that that's a mistake. I'm sorry. Yeah, you can have some peanut butter. <laughs> Toby loves peanut butter. He's like a he's like a dog. Well, you know, he's 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 back in Spider Man's shape. Uh, he really thinks they're going to sort of jump Tom Holland at some point, and he's just he's trying to get a lot of protein and a lot of calories in there without getting a lot of carbs. <laughs> um, <laughs> stupid. Uh, he it stupid. Uh, so it's hard to watch this now because you know we've had what sixteen Spider Men since since mm-hmm. this Spider Person. So it's hard to not. You're you're absolutely right. I apologize because Gwen Stacy and that little Japanese girl in uh, mm-hmm. Into the Spider Verse. And John Mulaney as Spider Pig. Spider, oh so not even Spider Persons doesn't even really cover. Yeah, you're, we're both assholes in a way. Spider, <laughs> spider entities. Uh, what about the spider spider? Why won't he show up? He's got mm. the powers of a spider. He's got the power of two spiders, himself <laughs> and then the spider that bit him. It's hard to watch Toby without comparing him to the other two Spider-Man. And I feel like we're really honing in on being able to have a teenage Spider-Man that's actually <laughs> looks like a teenager. We're getting there. We're The technology, I mean, it's slow moving and we appreciate your patience, but we've been working on the vaccine, but we're getting back to younger and younger Spider-Man. But yeah, we, so Toby, everyone in this movie that's in high school is 88 years old. Yeah. They, it's, look, they, it's they all look ludicrous. 29. They all look 29. Like, not even, like, in their early 20s, like, late 20s, has a few kids. It's insane. I like that, I mean, on one hand, that just that's just, like, a more, more and more common thing to see actual people playing closer to their actual age. I just think it was, like, did people want to just not watch child actors, or was it the uh, labor laws of <laughs> making them have 12-hour days on set? <laughs> I think not that there were never child actors. Obviously, there have been since the dawn right. of you know. And they're terrible. I mean, I assume it's the labor laws, and also you know vying for this type of role. If you have, if Tobey Maguire wants the role over some no name kid, when anything romantic doesn't have to be icky immediately. <laughs> I mean, you don't really get to know him until um, before his spider bite. He just sort yeah. of seems like. Uh, this side of nerdy, generic kid. Like, he wears glasses. No one likes him. Uh, he takes photos. He dead. He's, he's smart. He knows things about spiders. He does. But but then we have, like, um, like, now Tom Holland, like, he actually seems like an exceptional science kid. Like, they really played that up. So right. it makes yeah. sense that he would be able to build these web slingers and uh, what have Well, you. they didn't make him do that in this one, so that that's helpful. That's true. They just because that's an in, out of his wrists. Yeah, that's an insane uh, thing to be able to do as a. <laughs> in every iteration of Spider-Man, is he? Man, I don't remember. Does he have like web shooter machines uh, I, on his wrist? I don't remember Andrew Garfield one. I, I think he. I meant in the comics. Is it always? Oh, is it standard that Spider-Man? I think has uh, they. 
in some of the comics they after this the first this first movie came out they did like i don't know if they retconned it or something happened and he developed that and then they took it away so i don't know it's comics they're crazy like some writer will take over for (laughs) comics colon they're crazy well they really are because it's like you know the a never-ending soap opera so like when one you know writer takes over they take it in some direction and the next writer takes over and they're like but anyway and then they like it's just completely it's like when we used to play the story game and if you didn't like the uh, <laughs> right, exactly the, anyway the stacy's alive and she's also a spider person yeah uh and then there's okay. like 16 different like oh are you reading the amazing spider-man because i'm just reading right. the incredible spider-man so these are right. two different spider-men what i did what i do like about toby mcguire especially over Andrew Garfield, is that um, he's, it's not hard to sell him as a nerd. Um, he, you know, he's like right. a misfit. He's dorky looking. He acts dorky. Uh, Andrew Garfield, while he, you know, and they did play him a little bit different in those movies, like, but he's more of like a, like loser nerd as far as instead of like a dorky dweeby nerd, you know, right. The if you put strata. glasses on Andrew Garfield, he only gets hotter. Like it's yeah, not, yeah, it's you not can't, stopping anything. I, Tom Holland, I think is, it's hard to compare because I, th- I think, and this is just me fanboying for a second. I just think he's great. Like he's just a really great, he's perfect for the role of Spider-Man. And we, it took us this long to get to him. Well, you I know think what I mean? he also, he it's not has, fair to compare Toby Maguire. True. Uh, he, he ha- Tom Holland has like a jittery energy to him that, yeah. that like a nerdy energy to him that when he starts quipping as Spider-Man, I'm like, I can see this when let's talk Toby about the starts quipping. doing it. <laughs> when he starts the quipping, I'm like, what is this? Is this your thing? You've been writing yeah. things down. You've been testing some out on Aunt May. And the very first thing he says is homophobic, yeah, loosely which is homophobic. Great. Yeah. Loosely. I like a tight homophobia. <laughs> Give me a type five of homophobia. Every comedian ever is like, you got it. <laughs> what is it, 1988? I'll be back in two minutes. Sorry, is this too challenging for you? <laughs> Who is that guy? Yes. James A. Caster. James A. Caster, he's great. It's very good. Let me ask you this. <laughs> yes, yes, TJ? As a, as a gayman. Thank you. As a, as, a, as a man who appreciates the male form... <laughs> Yes. Which I wouldn't say I'm not, but, you know, I have a different sort of appreciation. Well, I'm being I'm, a straight. Well, I'm Let certified. me just get this. I'm right certified now, to talk about <laughs> Yeah, you're certified. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of Buff Toby? Uh, I remember this being like a draw to us gay men um, in yeah. college. Um, and uh, we like went to see the movie as if, well, I mean, you know, bandwidth speeds were not what they are now. So right, I mean, you right, right. if you wanted to see a naked man, you had to go to the multiplex. I don't think they uh, even had porn before the year uh, 2002. So what am I going to hook up a VCR in my dorm? Get what are you going to like print those images out on glossy pages? <laughs> Get out of here. So they could be easily wiped off. Buff Toby is fine. But it, it, it is also another thing that reminds me of when this came out. But this was before everyone who gets hired into a super movie, superhero movie is legally obligated to take off their shirt to show all the work they right. put into it. No, it's not just a corset. I actually did this to my body. They hired a personal trainer. And Thanks. that cost is built into your ticket price. Thank you, Camille Nanjiani, for doing that. <laughs> I feel like you could have just wore a, a slim cut jacket. And we wouldn't know the difference. So on a scale to from one, oh, he to also f- has. I wanted to. Canon 
he has a spider dick now. That was what I took away from Yeah, him. yeah, he checks his pants, and yeah. he's been enhanced in multiple areas, just like a spider would be. You know how, like, you go on a date with a guy, and things get intimate, and you realize he's hung like a spider? That's what's uh. happening. <laughs> Meaning that he has spinnerets, and I'll probably eat his head after we come <laughs> He up. has eight peni. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a dumb joke. That was a uh. very dumb joke. Let, well, let's talk about his quipping. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I want to, I mean, you know me. That's spider man offended, uh, but I couldn't yeah. even muster up the energy anymore. Yeah, the first thing he says, so he's he jumps out of the way. They're in a cage match. He's Bone in a cage Saw match McGraw. with Bonesaw McGraw, a.k.a. Uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. And he jumps up, and then he says, what does he say? Nice outfit. Did your, what did you say? Did your, your husband boyfriend, buy it for you? Husband buy it for you? Like, no, as it if, was boyfriend. <laughs> There's no way. He wouldn't even know what a husband was at How that could time. you... How could you commit, you know? When you're Bonesaw McGraw, I mean... Yeah, it gets around. That's Spider-Man's thing, is he's... Being homophobic. No, no, no. He's, he's a quippy, funny superhero. Yes. I know, like, all super superheroes now, and in, in Marvel movies especially, they're, like, all throwing out quips, which I don't actually mind because I like the quips, and I think that's <laughs> great. But, you know, some people get upset because it's like, they all can't be quippy. And I'm like, sure they can. They all have the same writers. It's great. <laughs> But that was like Spider-Man's claim to fame. Like, Superman's not quippy. Batman's not quippy. Spider-Man mm -hmm. is the one who's... He's a teenager. He's a cocky teen who can do, you know, physical uh, crazy flipping and swinging through the air like, you know, no teen can before him. So, of course, he's, like, joking around and stuff. And that's what's and that's really fun. that's the problem fun. with teens these days is they just... Everything's a joke to them. Yeah. Take something seriously. I mean, not climate. Don't, don't take climate change seriously. But anything else... I did appreciate, and this is probably true of wrestling fans, they will cheer for anyone. They're just happy the fight is over, is the feeling I got. Like, they were so into Bonesaw, they had they had gone home, I assume, and made little signs. They made little foam saws to, like, yeah. you know, saw To pretend bones. to cut their own, yeah. And then uh, when Spider-Man wins, they cheer. They're just happy. They're just happy to be there. It's fun to get out of the house. <laughs> it's true, it is. I wish I could. <laughs> They did remind me when we when we did our '80s wrestling episode how much yeah. I grew to love MMRS. Macho, Macho Man Randy, Randy Savage. Savage is may he a rest in peace. Absolute delight. <laughs> I love a man who feels comfortable in a leotard. I love a man who seems to be unable to move his neck. Um, I love a man who uh, loves Grecian formula. I love a man who is talking in a way that makes. My throat hurt. <laughs> ooh, he I got your foot. What does he say? I have to do the ooh beforehand to get into it. Ooh, I got you for. I can't do it. It's ludicrous. It's a ludicrous voice of a man who talks you're, ludicrously. Oh, you're doing yeah. a. Yeah. Step this. That's it. That's it. You're doing a little boss hog, but yeah, it's it's there. It's there. You get it. It's only because I'm sweating that I'm giving that boss hog vibe. And I'm wearing all seersucker. What do you think about... So we get... Shortly thereafter, we get the Spider-Man origin, why he becomes Spider-Man. So he's got these powers, yes, but also he doesn't have the responsibility. That's what makes you... That's what make, turns you from a Spider-Boy to a Spider-Man. Also a bar mitzvah at 13. Right. Yeah, you gotta cite the you, know, recite you gotta cite the, the Spider Torah. <laughs> we get the fable, the classic Spider-Man fable of the consequences of inaction. He could have stopped the man who robbed the wrestling promoter, but that guy had just screwed him over, so he just lets him go. That guy ends up carjacking Uncle Ben, shooting him. Uncle Ben dies. 
And yeah, it it's, is it's indirectly Spider-Man's fault. Agreed. Peter's fault. I think it should be in jail. It makes a nice like corollary because you also get the Flash scene in high school where he responds with force to Flash, albeit yeah. briefly, where he also learns the consequences of action. Yeah. Um, and now he learns the consequences of inaction. Got to find that balance. I, so he lets that thief die. Uh, he falls out of a window and he dies. It is very sad. I, I will say I got hot eyes uh, watching Uncle Ben die. Also, Why is no one putting pressure on the wound? Yeah, I know I know he's like, got to die hey, for these No purposes. one come over here. Let this man die alone, please. Yeah. With no medical assistance whatsoever. Just, I mean, I, it might be hopeless, but like, you know, grab a sweater. Put, put some pressure on <laughs> oh, the no, wound. Oh, no, 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 that's cashmere. Oh, God. Oh, jeez. Okay. Right. No, that's fine. He was going to I mean, it's already rare now. Don't remove it now, officer. No, just fine. It's already... No, it's not your fault, sir. Mr. No, that's Mr. My, ben, that's or my can gift. I call you uncle? But, I mean, it is my That's sweater. my gift to the world. <laughs> oh, he's dead? Yeah, I'll take it back. Thanks. I can probably dive the rat and maybe get a maroon. I want to see a movie about this character. Just the... Just the, uh, the guy who the... had a loose sweater around. <laughs> he had a, it was tied around his neck. It was like and just, they just a little of... nip in the air. Well, do you notice that in that happening, he goes after, because he knows he's in Ben's car, so he leaves his dead uncle there and swings away after the car, and lo and behold, it's the same criminal that he let go, Mm -hmm. and then they show a flashback of literally the previous scene, and it was like, guys... I know we all have short memories, but this literally just happened in the movie. What is this? The Bachelor? You don't have to recap the thing that just <laughs> happened. It was a bit much. I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Because uh, yeah, it wasn't uh-huh. just like a brief shot of him running. It no. was like a brief shot of him running, a brief shot of him going onto the elevator, a brief shot of him saying thanks to Spider-Man yeah. uh, for holding the elevator for him. like, I got it yeah. again. I've got it. I wonder if that was a test audience thing. Do you think that they, because it, it was all like, literally old footage it wasn't like new information do you think that test audiences like didn't recognize him when they asked him i have no idea honestly i really have no idea i don't know if it was more like another homage to the comics of just like a quick cut back um but i felt like they that he was he had a very specific haircut and that the top of his hair was bleached and the bottom of his hair was black and so when we find the carjacker, he's wearing like a, a beanie and then that beanie comes off and we realize, oh my God, it's the guy with terrible hair choices. I'll say one more thing about the upside down kiss. Like one of the most iconic shots in this yeah. movie got parodied a lot in various uh, Absolutely. comedic media. First thing that I noticed, I remember noticing this when I was watching it the first time, but I think I'm a little more critical. When she starts taking down the mask, the first thing I see is Toby's poor bulging neck veins because he's yeah. been, he's been hanging there forever and i was like oh this seems so uncomfortable it's also raining out so i'm just thinking about his nostrils filling up with water and him slowly waterboarding to death uh while trying to have his first kiss with with another man's girlfriend just want to highlight a couple things that i think about a lot that i liked and that, that just from how many times I watched this as a young adult that, that I think about that, like when Spider-Man gets like paralyzed by gas and is kind of like just sitting there on the rooftop against the wall and Goblin is trying to talk him into working together and he, Spider-Man says something and, and Goblin like leans up against the, the 
the wall and slaps him on the head. It's I always very, think about that. It looks so weird, but it's it's, it's so awesome. ludicrous because he's still in his Green Goblin suit. I think he still has the mask on. Yeah, he does have the mask on. They both have yeah. the masks on. Uh, and he leans up against, I think, like an air vent or something. And he does it so casually yeah. um, that it almost makes you forget how ludicrous uh, he looks. Um, it is. Right. I, I, I noticed that as well. It was. I can. You can tell that Willem Dafoe is definitely having fun. Yes. Uh, any recognizable human being, but he is having fun. <laughs> and I'm happy for him. I want him to have uh, fun. Yeah, good for you, buddy. Uh, another line that I that I don't know why I think about this sometimes, because I don't think it's especially good, but just the way that Toby Maguire delivers it, when they're in the hospital, um, May has been... Uh, is it May? Yeah, May, May. She's in the hospital, and Peter and Mary are there visiting, and she's out, so they're just like... <laughs> talking and peter tells mary jane that he knows spider-man because she talks about how yes. she basically has a crush and then he's he's talking about how he told spider-man about her and he was like, well really what'd you say and he said i said spider-man i said which <laughs> is a very like 1920s way of mabel i says i says to mabel i says yeah it's very good these there's these two moments that I'm thinking of specifically that stick out more this time than I've I've never really noticed them before, and that's when so there's the classic hero's dilemma: can you save this uh, Roosevelt tramway full of, Girl Scouts. Uh, full of full of Girl Scouts or Mary Jane? And I'm going to drop them at the same time, and then of course um, he figures out he, a loophole, uh, tries to find One a way. To, classic superhero loopholes. He saves them both. Which, by the way, that was a uh, reference to how Gwen Stacy dies. Because he actually flips to her feet, like you know, he like sends a web to her feet and catches her, and then it snaps her neck. Oh, and so yeah, and so it's like, would she have died? That was like a big dilemma for Spider-Man in the comic books. Is that's how it's going? He tries to save her, and then he finds out later that actually his act of saving her is what killed her. Now, would she have died anyway? You know, but then in this movie, he swings down and catches her. So he doesn't like do the same move that would have potentially killed her. And then, uh, but that was like, uh, it's also like a very important demarcation in some people's eyes for like a dawn of a new era in comics where like there are actual consequences and, you know, care, not that characters never died, but that was like, not as it was more like realistic or like that the women mostly died and it was the men who just kept coming back to life over and over again. Absolutely. Yeah. And that, and that's like a, a, a trope too, is like you get Gwen Stacy as you know, you just get killed off in this, then this scene, Spider-Man is trying to find a way to save both the <laughs> tram full of Girl Scouts and Mary Jane. And he's holding them both. And, and then Goblin starts flying around and punching and punching. And then just a bunch of New Yorkers on the bridge just start throwing <laughs> shit. It was a very Ghostbusters. And they're like, leave them alone. It was a very Ghostbusters 2 moment where they just like, hey, we're New York over here. We get along it was, sometimes twos. It was like a deus ex New Yorker. <laughs> uh, my favorite. Hasn't that come up? Yeah, that's, I mean, Ghostbusters 2, they save by singing, yeah. singing Old Lang Syne outside the museum. Right. Um, I feel like there's another one where the New Yorkers like fight back. And I'm like, why do you guys even right. need fucking superheroes? Yeah, if you Just can do that, you can fight right off Green Goblin. But also, uh, and then we got the scene at the very end. Uh, Peter realizes that like he can't have a relationship because it'll just put Mary Jane in da danger. Then he gets to, to like show off the uh, CG and just goes flipping around the city mm -hmm. and then he lands on a giant American flag and like poses next to it. And then, um, so I realized I was, you know, reading the trivia after that, like they added those two things in after September 11th. Like not only did they cut 
the there was a promo where he caught you know criminals between the twin towers. He caught a helicopter also, of like, jewel thieves. Yeah, um, oh. between between the two towers like a spider web. Yeah, but then he they also added these two scenes, and I even before reading that I was like, these are weirder than I remembered. Like the Deus Ex New Yorker thing does just kind of smack of Ghostbusters, and I was like, oh, I guess this is just a thing. But this is weird. That makes more sense. It I seems didn't even like think of the the nine eleven thing. Even though I was thinking when we started the movie, I was like, oh yeah, I, for, I remembered that promo. I remember seeing that promo, yeah, and then uh, hearing that they had they had pulled it. I didn't realize the New Yorkers element was was added in. I don't know. I one of my <laughs> I hate when the climaxes just keep going and going and this one I feel like uh they're on this giant landmark and he's got, you know, the the choice and it's a little rote already, but then like right. they just go to a second location um which is I guess just by the Roosevelt Bridge um which is an abandoned building and have yeah. uh have have just a sort of just a gen- general more. more fighting, kicking, uh, and punching. Yeah. Uh, which actually was a, a kind of an effective fight, but I also felt like I had seen it already three times in the, in the movie so far of them mm. kicking in a building because they had the fight in the, uh, in that burning the building burning. earlier. Right. Right. This one was more, I, and the ending is effective because to me, just cause you see Spider-Man getting his ass kicked. Like he, he does, like methodically, he does look rough. Yeah. I mean, sometimes yeah. you see guys like, oh, they look really bad, but I mean, he actually looks like nauseatingly rough at the end right. of that fight. I actually think one of the things that I love about this movie is the the epilogue scene after uh, the scene where he does sort of decide to not be with Mary Jane, and the scene where he realizes that James Franco is going to be a grumpier version of himself going forward. One of the things that kind of annoys me about the era of superhero movies and just general movies, I guess, at this point that we're in right now is just the constant hinting at sequels. And usually that is done in like all of a sudden, you know, if Spider-Man were made today, you would just see a guy who's like, my name's Johnny Vulture. I hope I don't get into any trouble with Spider-Man soon. It'll be like after the end, of the, after the end of the credits and like, oh, I guess Vulture's going to be in the next one. I feel like that's the way that that a lot of movies do do it now. But what I like about this is that rather than it being like a plot point, like lead into a sequel, there's actual emotional stakes for the right, sequel. Right. You're like you're you're actually invested in what his relationship with his best friend and this girl he's been pining for will be in the next movie. I remember leaving the theater and thinking thinking that when I saw this the first time. Yeah, there's there's like a reason for a sequel, not just like dangling plot threads. You it know, proves it's that just, it's like it yeah. has made these characters like worthwhile in some capacity. Right. That you're interested going forward what their lives will be like now. I also think it I think the movie throughout the entire thing borders on the nice guy trope, you know. Yes. I should get the girl because I've been nice to her this whole time. And I think this Congratulations. Almost, this almost rescues it from that. I don't know if it does it completely, but I think it sort of saves it for me from being that because he gets the chance to now be with the girl and he rejects it because he thinks he's right. one called something higher and he would put her in danger. But I think we need to get to the most important thing <laughs> of the entire movie. I can't, I don't even is, know what this is, but I'm excited. Which is JK Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> he is, uh, he's fantastic. Um, and he also is the reason that I still, know the difference between slander and libel 
Because <laughs> he calls it out. In it's the libel. only scene he's not yelling is when he calmly defines the difference between <laughs> slander and libel, which was very funny. I want to I want to talk about something I meant to talk about in the intro, but I'll save that for my last uh, bit. Um, the the thing I kept having to remind myself is very specifically where this comes in comic book movie history, and and one of the things I think because it's such a bright movie, I, I kept noticing yeah. like it is such a like there's a lot of daylight shots. Uh, he's quipping all the time. And when you think about it, like the movies we've had up to this point, at least in that uh, sort of era of filmmaking, comic book filmmaking, was Batman, which was almost like 12 years old at this point. The first one? Yeah, the, the Tim Burton yeah. ones, and which are very dark. And yes. Uh, and then you have X-Men, which is not as dark as Batman, but is very heady. It deals right. with a lot of metaphorical issues. And then not right. to mention you got Spawn and Punisher that came out <laughs> yeah. many attempts to make Punisher a thing. And so like this is like it's not surprising that this caught on because it it is such a return to like sort of a fun movie making. There I feel like it was very much inspired by the Richard Donner Superman. I feel like you kept, I, yes. I got that yeah. feeling over and over and over again. We ended just like having this character done at least, I mean, we can talk about it, whether it, we think it was completely successful or not, but like done well on screen, you know, like in, you know, and not just in a cartoon form, like was huge as a comic book fan. It's like, People have been waiting, you know, they had that like terrible TV series live action, but like other than that, it was like you just never got to see that before this. Yeah. And that's just, that's a huge, you know, as, as a Spider-Man reader and fan, it was like, yes, finally, you know. And it really does, I mean, now that we live under the rule of Marvel Studios. Long may it rain. <laughs> It is interesting to see, like, this as the beginning of, like, the fun, lighthearted superhero movie, a little bit more lighthearted, and then you saw DC decide, we're going to do the opposite, and people will love it just as much. And we were like, no, this is not fun. This feels like homework. I don't know. I, it, it's very interesting to think of this in the very specific time it came out, the New right. York aspects yeah. of it, and this sort of, like, you not fork in the road that that sort of yeah. spurred into more lighthearted uh, comic book fare. And and it is a little creaky at times, but I think it is interesting to watch like Marvel like come out from it. Right. As it went along. Do you want to go to the verdict? Uh, yeah. Let's go. Damon, what is your verdict? DJ. What is your verdict? Um, thank you for asking. Um, I would say your inner child is not an idiot. Whoa! What? Whoa. Flip, 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 flip. <laughs> uh, this is a fine movie. Um, I think it's starting to show its age at this point. Mm. But yeah, it's good. I mean, there's funny parts. I cried at Uncle Ben. Um, I thought it was ludicrous that uh, Willem Dafoe is in it. Um, but I think I wouldn't want him anywhere else. <laughs> not in my house. It, it, not in my house. No, not in my house. Maybe like. <laughs> Why is that your second like, option? Maybe. You're either in this movie or in my house. That's absurd, Willem. Maybe maybe we could go to a coffee shop when things sort of die down. Things go back to the new normal. 
Uh, well, no, I mean, I don't think everything, anything will ever be back to normal again. Willem Dafoe, Oscar-nominated Willem Dafoe. No, but it is, it's pretty good. I mean, it, it, I feel like it's just, we have, have an overabundance of comic book movies. And honestly, I really feel like the next president should just put a limit of five. What about five? Five comic book movies a year. That's more than enough, right? Yeah, I support that. Are you asking? Are you? Do you want me to sponsor the bill? Is that what you're asking me? Yeah, because a president, I'm the president, and I can't bring the bill to Congress. A congressman has to bring. The I'll bill. T- or a woman. I'll tell you what. Um, you t- I'll tell you what. Okay. You put some uh, some pork pork in for me. Some tort reform in there, and we'll talk about it. Ugh. I I you know I can't you need a clean bill. You know I you need can't a clean bill. I campaigned on. <laughs> keeping the courts open for our citizens. It's it's interesting to watch how how you know sort of the evolution of the the genre. It's kind of fun to see a superhero movie that is literally just itself. It's not trying to build a world, it's just trying to tell a fun story. It's not up its own uh, trucus a little bit, but it's it's fun. I mean, it, it definitely has dated parts. Some of the special effects look a little creaky. Yeah. I think uh we've had better spider people spider beings but i i enjoyed it you dj dj save me from this sinking raft that i'm my that is my verdict here hop on my web boat that i made you out of uh, like, did this come out of your is wrists this sticky is this go why does is it this smell sticky? like m&ms <laughs> so before i give you my verdict i want to i want to nominate a little treat jk simmons for the Catherine o'hare memorial mvp award Oh, absolutely. Uh, seconded. Great. And it Done. is so stated. We'll mail that out to him. He, I don't, save this movie is, is a little dramatic, but he was a breath of fresh air when he comes in. And I knew, I knew it was great, but I kind of forgot how great he is just in the little bit of time he has. And it was fun to see because he pops up. I mean, he's in the, in the, all three of these, I think. Um, but he also pops up at, in, uh, Spider-Man again, coming home yes, far yeah, from coming. Yeah. And he's more far of an Alex coming, Jones vibe home. there, which is fun, a fun, like direction for him to go. Well, I mean, even in retrospect, he kind of has yeah. maybe not an Alex Jones vibe, but definitely like a, a, a yellow journalism. Yeah. Vibe. He definitely like a New York post vibe. You actually get his, like, I guess I never really remembered why J. Jonah Jameson hated Spider-Man, but it's like, he hates him because it it's a sells papers. Your inner child is not an idiot. I was worried about this one Thank because you. I loved it so much, but I also know that it's not, you know, without flaws. And I know there's some, like, some of the things, I think you put it well that it's starting to show its age as far as, like, the special effects and stuff. But they were pretty impressive at the time for a superhero movie you know what i mean in in some aspects but yeah and i think i never really even realized why certain things looked kind of weird when they had pulled things off in other movies but i think the daylight thing is why is they went for this really bright primary colors vibe and so it definitely has more of that like the movie primary colors yeah it has john travolta with yeah as Bill Clinton, but not but really kinda, Clinton. But, but you it, know is. it is. Oh, I will say, even in 2002, the Green Goblin costume was absolutely yeah. That was ludicrous. that was a choice, and I think it was a bad choice. But you know, they went. They were like, I think today they would probably just like uh, do some weird eye makeup around uh, Willem Dafoe's already cretinous yeah. face and just call it a day. You had. Why would he invent that man? You had Willem Dafoe to work with, and that wasn't monsterific enough for you. 
Yeah, there's some issues that we talked about, but I really enjoyed it. And I think it's not the best... <laughs> but I think I mean it's not I don't want to I don't I mean we we picked it apart plenty yeah. um but it's not terrible by any it's means It's not there's there's the it's just kind of an interesting curio now that we live in a world where just comic book movies are just coming out of every orifice Yeah What do you think everybody Email us your inner child is an idiot at gmail.com. You can uh, text or leave us a voicemail, 615-576-0525. You can find us on all the social medias. Damon is constantly on TikTok posting talks of him dancing. TikTok, do they call it TikToks? Oh, yeah. I do that little hand Oh, that's hilarious. That kickball change, kickball change. I love how you take someone else's uh, words and music and you act as if they're coming out of your mouth. I like that. See, that's, that's fun, fun, too. Um, we're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're not on TikTok, but I don't know. Maybe we'll get a TikTok. I don't know. Seems fun. I don't know if anyone wants I think that I'm just us. too... I don't know if anyone wants a balding man with a mustache on I TikTok. I think I'm just too old. It's not that I don't appreciate you know? it. I see some real fun TikToks out there. And, I, and you guys keep kicking ass on the TikToks. Really appreciate you. <laughs> I'm just not doing it. Um, who's our audience? I don't know. Who is the, the audience you think we have? <laughs> That's my question. Uh, we want to emphatically thank our patrons. You can be a patron like them, patreon.com slash your child is an idiot. Uh, we want to thank our five, uh, $5 patrons, including Particle Man. Jonathan Day. Demon's Australian accent. Oh, I've got to try that again. It's a little too accurate Demon's Australian case. accent. Yeah? Still nope. sounds like a, a voice that might come from an actual place on Earth. <laughs> Uh, Heather Tuggle. The supreme ruler of this podcast. Christine in Brooklyn. Dramatically placed hot dog. The Zesty. Joshua Nicholson. Karen Curd. Larissa Maestro. Lindsay Now. T. Smith. Jeremy Powell. Just Cuz. Kevin from Cleveland. Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Brandon Hardy. His Honor, the Mayor. My Neighbor Burrito. Dan McIntyre. And, of course, Jacob Grimm. Thank you guys very much. Patreon.com slash Your Inner an Idiot. Um, we're going to go ahead and, and Damon's going to go ahead and sing uh, Hero uh, as sung by Chad Kroger in the credits. And you can just Thank imagine you. some <clears throat> swooping uh, Sam Raimi credits coming at you. Sail that burner here to stand in the skin in the skin. And a skin and a scoon and a skin and a scurb and a skin. And they're washing us. Washing us. Rain is a bird. Sorry, I got chills. That was, I rarely get chills when I sing. Especially thinking about that.